Hey, thank you for listening. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? I have over 130 different videos. I have videos with more scary stories told in the rain, scary stories by a crackling fire, and I also have videos that are less relaxing and more on the scary side. Go check it out, and please don't forget to subscribe. In the YouTube search bar, just type being scared. All right. Catch you later. This is a true story, told to me by a man who had been working as a murder investigator for over 30 years at the time. I was told this story after asking what the creepiest case he had ever been involved in was. This happened in the late 80s, in a part of the country that is mostly covered in dense pine forest. On the highway between cities in this part of the country, you rarely come across towns. There are stretches that seem to go on forever, with only pine trees as far as you can see. A young girl in her early 20s was taking a motor coach home. This happened just as winter was approaching, and it was freezing outside after nightfall. This girl lived in one of these really small communities that you pass along the highway, but during the bus trip, she fell asleep and missed her stop. Looking at her watch, she realized that they had passed it only recently, and that if she were to get off, she would be able to walk back in approximately three hours. Either that, or get off in the next city, where she didn't know anyone or had any place to stay. She explained all of this to the bus driver, who pulled off at the next parking space and then let her out. That was the last time anyone saw her. Almost 15 years later, long after the search for her has been given up, she is stumbled upon by a hiker. Her dead body was found tied to a tree, very deep into the dense, almost impassable forest. The autopsy showed no signs of physical violence of any kind. Someone had just left her there, tied to a tree, alive. This didn't happen to me, but I was involved in it. The victim was actually my girlfriend, and I got the story from her later. At the time my girlfriend and I were attending college together, it was a small school in a pretty quiet place, so most of the students were from the area. My girlfriend Katie was one of them. I came from a distance and so lived in a dorm at the college. Katie and I would hang out together in my dorm between classes and even some evenings and weekends when we wanted to be together, but didn't feel like going out. It was a Friday night and both of us being pretty introverted decided not to do anything crazy, so we planned to spend the night in my room with each other, as my roommate was out that night. She wanted some time to go home after classes, and assured me that she would be back around 8 o'clock. Katie had a car, but she never liked driving. Unless she had to pack her instrument, she usually took the bus. That Friday night, she had a pretty unnerving experience in doing so that freaked the two of us out for a long while after it happened. She was a smart girl, definitely didn't look like a college-aged student. She was short, thin, and quiet. Standing alone at a bus stop in the dark was probably not ideal 
but she preferred that over taking her own car. She waited for the bus, innocent as a rose, when a van drove past her. And then it drove by again, and again, and again. She was a bit suspicious, but told herself that he was probably just lost. The van then pulled over right in front of the stop, and the driver rolled his window down. Isn't it cold out here? he asked. The bus is always late. Hop in and I'll give you a ride. Katie declined politely and took a few steps back, trying to show him that she wasn't interested in anything that he wanted. He asked again if she was absolutely sure that she didn't want a ride, and then he drove away after she turned him down again. The bus arrived moments later, and she was relieved to step on. To her horror, she then noticed the same van right behind the bus. The van followed the bus directly, and Katie texted me to explain the situation. I could tell that she was very scared. I offered to stay on the phone with her to calm her nerves, and she accepted. We talked about school and things to get her mind off of it, and once her stop came, she felt safe enough to hang up the phone and walk the short distance to the college. When she arrived at my dorm room, she was hysterical. It took me over an hour to comfort her enough to get the story out of her, and this is what she told me. The van had stopped following the bus after getting stuck at a red light, giving the bus a chance to get ahead. However, after getting off at her stop, the van sped up to her. He was driving like a maniac at this point. The bus had already pulled away when the van stopped next to her. It had pulled over right where she intended to go to get to the college, so in a panic, she bolted the other way, and the driver raced after her. When she turned her head to look behind her, she noticed he was holding a butcher knife and waving it in front of him in her direction. She did a wide turn to get back on track to the college, the man following close behind. Lucky for her, he lost his footing on an icy patch on the road, and his fall delayed him enough for her to get far enough ahead. When he got back up, he didn't chase after her again, but instead yelled out, I will find you. Since then, she has always taken her own car instead of the bus. When I was growing up, my little brother, who was three at the time, used to sleepwalk through our house at night. He would walk down to the basement where I slept and crack open my door between 11 p.m. and 2 a.m. He would then slowly push it open and shuffle inside. When I would ask him what he was doing, he would always stare at the floor and say, Where's mom? I would tell him that she was upstairs and he would repeat, Where's mom? Each night I would take him back upstairs and lead him back to bed where he would fall asleep. One night, at about 1 a.m., I awoke to hear crying at the bottom of the stairs. I walked out to investigate and he was sitting on the bottom step. I asked him what was wrong and he again asked, Where's mom? I told him that she was upstairs and that we should go get her. No, he said staring at the floor. There is a bloody head following me. What? I asked. He looked up from the floor, stared me right in the eyes, opened his mouth, 
and let out the shrillest blood-curdling scream I have ever heard in my life. It scared the living hell out of me. It was so loud that the whole family got out of their beds to see what was going on. After that, I never asked him again what he was doing downstairs. I would just take him immediately back to his room. Several months ago, my cat went missing in the woods, and I had to go look for him. It was late at night, and the moon was a thin crescent, so the only source of light was my flashlight. I had seen my cat several times, but he seemed to be scared of something. Every time I got close, he would run further away. At a certain point, he got scared of something, and then ran back towards the house. I started to make my way back, and then I saw a man. He was just standing there, absolutely still. He had nondescript brown hair and a tweed jacket on. I could make out all of his facial features except his eyes, where there seemed to just be a shadow. I called out to him, but he didn't respond. I then said, I can see you, you know, and was greeted with silence. I turned and walked a few steps, and then turned around. He was closer. I turned and walked some more, and then looked again. This time, he was partially hidden behind a tree. I didn't need any more warning. I booked it back to my house, where my cat desperately wanted to come inside. We went inside and I locked the doors and sat on my couch until I calmed down. Ever since that night, every few weeks, I hear a noise at my window. A slow loud, rhythmic tap. There's no trees out there, and most of the nights that it's happened, there's no wind. Every time, I've been too scared to look, probably for the better. The last thing I want to see is a man with a tweed jacket, with no eyes. When I was young, my grandma came over to our house to babysit me one night. Nothing unusual happened the whole night, but when my mom got home she checked the answering machine, and there was a message a few minutes long. The message was just the sound of my grandmother and myself laughing hysterically for the entire message. Like I said, the night was normal, and there wasn't any moment when the phone rang or we laughed hysterically for minutes on end. Once when I was a teenager, I was waiting at an abandoned gas station in downtown Akron to meet a dealer to buy some weed. This was in about 1993 or 1994, so payphones were still functional and in pretty common use. As I was waiting, the payphone in the parking lot started ringing. Bear in mind, it was at about sunset on the outskirts of downtown, and not another single person was around. Out of curiosity, I picked up the phone. The man on the other line asked, Is this Chad? My name isn't Chad, I said. The man ignored me and said, Chad, I want you to do bad things to me. 
I stated again that I wasn't Chad and asked him what he wanted and if he knew that he was calling a payphone. He ignored me again and went into very explicit and specific detail about all the things he wanted Chad to do to him. I was laughing and told him again that I wasn't Chad. Finally, he said he knew for sure that I was Chad and described to me what Chad looks like. He described me perfectly down to the color of my shirt and what type of shoes I was currently wearing. I immediately hung up and looked around. There was no one. I mean, not a single person anywhere. I got into my car and got the hell out of there. I have Google Voice set to transcribe any voicemails I get and send them to me via text message. So I get a call from an unknown number. I let it go to voicemail and the transcription that it sends me via text message is... Hi Fritz. So later that day I check my Google Voice page and listen to the voicemail. It is 30 seconds of absolute silence. Google Voice transcribed the block of silence into the greeting. Hi, Fritz. The creepy part about it is, the only person who called me by my nickname, Fritz, was my grandfather, who has been dead for three years. One night I was having this really odd dream. It was one of those ridiculously long dreams that seems like it lasts for years while you are asleep. This one lasted a whole lifetime. I watched a woman live her life. I watched as she was a child, as she grew up. I watched her go through school, college. I watched her social life evolve. I watched her romance and her marriage and her pregnancy. I watched her live her midlife raise her children, and then grow old. It was a pretty normal life. I didn't see any trauma. I didn't remember how she died, but the moment it was over, I woke up. I had to go to the bathroom really bad, probably four in the morning, barely awake, and went to the bathroom. As I sat there and peed, I saw her face looking at me through the window. The woman. She was there. Old wrinkled, wide-eyed and gaping mouth with the most horrible, scornful face looking at me. It didn't faze me at the time. I got up and walked back to my bed and fell right back asleep. I didn't realize until the next morning the horrifying thing that I had seen. One night, a friend I went to med school with was driving back home from his girlfriend's house when a large dog ran out in front of his car. My friend had no time to swerve and hit the dog head on. Being an animal lover, he jumped out of the car to see if the dog is alright, but before he can come around to the front, he sees the dog get up on two legs and run off into the field next to him. He has been telling this story for years and I know that he is telling the truth. Every time I've seen him tell the story, 
he has had a very strange expression on his face. I was working late at the bank, 11pm, last one in. It's pitch black outside and the bank is essentially isolated, far away from anything nearby. I am very alone. I'm walking around installing new printers, and all of a sudden the security monitors in my IT room turn off. I get up and go check the plugs to make sure nothing came loose. As I lean over to inspect the cables, all the lights in the building die and I'm plunged into darkness. My heart starts racing from the shock and I feel the adrenaline building. I reach into my pocket to get my phone to use as a light, but before I get it out, the backup lights turn on and the whole building is dimly lit by the faint green glow of backup lights. The lights are very weak, but it's good enough to see. A green tinged blackness. I can make out the objects in the room, though most things are still in shadow. I leave my phone where it is. I forget the monitors and start walking toward the banking hall where all of the tills are, because that's where the circuit breakers are, and I guess it's up to me to fix this. The bank is built like a bomb shelter, with thick concrete walls and multiple heavy lock metal doors. I have to swipe my ID card multiple times to get to the hall, and I'm scared that I could get locked in between two doors if the power fail has messed up that system. I'm quietly thinking about what I would do if such a thing happened, and I'm still a bit jumpy from the shock earlier. I'm looking over my shoulder and studying the shadows that I walk past, and that's when I hear a blood-curdling scream. It's long and loud and primal. I can almost feel it vibrating in the air. It's coming from the banking hall. I freeze in place right before the final door, freaking out, and just stare at the gray-green lock of the metal door as I listen. The scream seems never-ending. It feels like the scream has been going on for three minutes or more without taking a breath, but the adrenaline makes telling time difficult. I try and control my breathing. I check behind me down the shadowy concrete green corridor I came from and decide that I need to press on. I turn to the door, swipe my card, and open the door as fast as I can, bursting through, ready for anything. I manage to scan half of the room as I open the door before I'm blinded by a strong white light. The scream suddenly and abruptly stops. My eyes adjust and I see that the light was the main lights reactivating. I'm staring into a normal room. The silence was terrifying, heart pounding in my chest and my ears. But everything seems in order. The white light bouncing pleasantly from letters on tables. The computers turned off and quiet. The bulletproof glass. All fine. Door to the front. Still locked. The scream was gone. And whoever was screaming, unaccounted for and the lights were back on. Being quite freaked out at this point, I left out the back way in a panic and called it a night. The scariest moment of my life happened while my friend and I were camping in eastern Canada as teenagers. We decided to sleep in this abandoned camper we found deep in a large forest that was near our town. 
It had been there for so long that small trees had grown around it. We had stumbled across it when we were exploring a few months back and thought it would be cool and brave to sleep in it for one night. So one weekend, we did. We arrived after dark because we had gotten lost trying to find the camper. We had a really low power flashlight, so it made it even more difficult. Once we finally found it, we opened the rusty door and stepped in. The sounds inside the camper were shrill and echoed. There were typical camper things strewn about. Cups, empty cans, and old novels that were falling apart. Already tired, we holed up in one end of the camper where the bed area had originally been before the cushions had rotted away to almost nothing. A long hallway stretched the length of the camper so we could basically see from end to end. It was a miserable night. There were several rats living in there. I saw them staring at us from a chewed out part of the ceiling. When the wind blew outside, the camper would shriek and groan. We even thought we heard a bear outside, walking around. Still, we pretended to be brave and acted like we were having a good time, but we were both on edge. At some point I woke up from an uncomfortable sleep. I sat up to adjust myself when I noticed some movement out of the corner of my eye. At the other end of the camper, there was a small window, and as I looked at it, I saw a man's silhouette. He was clearly staring straight at me from outside. At first I thought maybe it was a weird shape of a tree or something, but when I moved a bit to get a better look, the person clearly reacted and then froze. My heart was pumping and I woke up my friend immediately, saying, Someone is here, over and over in a whisper, not taking my eyes off of the man outside. My friend woke up immediately and nodded towards the window. He saw him too. We whispered frantically about who it could be and why he was staring at us, and for the next ten minutes, no joke, we stared him down. The longer we stared at him, the more frightened we got. Occasionally he would move, but always keeping his eyes locked on us. Eventually I shouted at him, Hey! No reaction. My friend was braver than me and decided to shine the flashlight at him. As soon as he did, the man ducked and disappeared. We slowly got up, packed up our things, and sprinted out into the dark woods. I looked behind me several times, but as far as I know, the man did not follow. I was in Bermuda in the off-season with my mom, dad, and little brother. I must have been about five years old or so. It was before my other brother and sister were born. I remember the hotel was empty. I remember the beach was empty. Most of this place was empty. I don't recall ever seeing anyone else. I was on the beach with my parents and my little brother. I ran off to explore, and I saw my mom further ahead on the beach. She yelled at me, Come over here. There was a thicket area of scrubby bushes and trees along the beach. She went up into it and disappeared. There was this cement square with pipes or vents or something coming out of it. I walked over to it and saw her standing there. As I approached her, I felt that something was wrong. 
She motioned for me to continue coming towards her, and I didn't want to be defiant, so I pretended I was really interested in the pipe things and said out loud, I wonder what these are for, or something like that. As soon as she walked further out of view, my dad came up from behind me on the beach and yelled, What are you doing? Don't wander off like that. He took my hand roughly and led me back to the beach, where my mother was sitting in a chair. I still don't know what happened or who I saw. The woman looked exactly like my mom, but something felt wrong. I worked at a campground on the night shift, 12 a.m. to 8 a.m. every night. It wasn't bad. I would bring in my PS2 and game a good portion of the night, only having to deal with one or two people on busy nights. It was just me in this little 8x8 shack, with nothing around but dark, all night. My first week there, the other third shift guy who was quitting told me about this payphone a few feet from the shack where I worked. He said that it rang every night at 4.17 a.m. exactly. Just once. It would only ring once. It was probably just an automated test call, he guessed. He's never answered it himself. I go for a few months with the job. It was the middle of summer, so most nights I had the windows closed so I couldn't hear the payphone go off. In mid-August, I started leaving the windows open during the night. Sure enough, at 4.17 a.m. every morning, the phone would ring once. The ring even sounded creepy somehow. One night, I got up the nerve to answer the phone. I set an alarm at 4.15 and would go wait at the phone until it rang. When it did, I answered it. But there was no sound. Just dead air, like someone was on the other line but wasn't saying anything. I said hello a few times and then hung up. I did this every night for a week with the same exact results. I didn't think anything of it and then left it alone after that for about a month. The first week of October, I decided to answer the phone once again. I set my alarm and when the time came, I answered it. Hello? Hello? Then I heard what sounded like someone inhaling and exhaling through clenched teeth. The voice I heard was rough and sounded like he had gargled gravel. He said my name, my complete name, first, middle, and last. It was a voice I had never heard before, and I will never forget. I was too scared to say anything and hung up the phone. I rattled some change into the payphone and hit star 69. The number had come from California. I live in Indiana. I used to live in a house next to an abandoned train station, and one day, a friend of mine and I decided to explore it. We had done this before, but this time something was different. One of the old train wagons that we had seen before had curtains in the windows when they didn't before. Naturally, I tried to peek inside, but as I got close to the windows, the curtains suddenly flung open and an elderly woman stared back at me with a terrified look on her face. 
I have honestly never been more scared in my entire life, and naturally I just sprinted the hell out of there. To this day, I have no idea why that woman was in there. Years later, I walked past the train station at night. It was such a creepy place. I haven't been back since. When I was eight, my mom, dad, and younger brother were visiting some relatives. We ended up staying the night with my brother and I sleeping on cots near my parents' bed. In the middle of the night, I distinctly remember feeling incredibly cold and waking up. While attempting to rearrange my sheets, I looked up and saw my dad wide awake and staring intently at something behind me. When I turned to see, I saw several small little glowing eyes behind me. Turning back to my dad, we made eye contact and I jumped up into bed with him, but he did not move or speak at all. Even under the comforter, I was chilled to the bone. He was visibly tense and concentrating very hard, and I swear I could see the little glowing eyes moving closer. And then they reached my brother laying on his cot. When they did, I didn't feel as cold anymore, but I felt very strange, like a mix of dozens of emotions without being any particular one. I looked at my dad, who looked very sullen and sad. He put his arm around me and then went back to sleep. The next morning we were awoken by my brother throwing up all over the carpet. This continued for hours. He had a terrible fever, chills, and had a really hard time speaking. My father moved him downstairs and gave him some painkillers, but my brother said that it didn't work at all. About lunchtime, we decided to take an early leave and go home. Less than 20 minutes into the car ride, my brother said he felt completely fine again. My father and I talked about this a few years ago, and only more recently told my brother and my mom about it. We have since slept there in different rooms without incident but my mom sleeping in there once on a trip had a similar experience. Vomiting, fever, chills, only to be fine minutes later after leaving the house. We don't sleep in that room anymore. It was going on 10, and I was taking my last patient back to her room. She was a little old lady who was stable enough to ride in a wheelchair, but definitely needed assistance on her feet. I got her back to her room and helped her into bed. I made sure she was comfortable and set the bed alarm before turning out the lights and leaving her room. I pulled the curtain behind me so as to not let too much light in, but not all the way so that I could still see her in bed from the hallway. Her nurse was in the room next door and I needed to speak with her. While I was standing there, waiting for the nurse to come out of the other room, I distinctly saw a person walk past the curtain inside the old woman's room. The person was about the same height as the woman and had the same gray hair. At first I thought, she shouldn't be up walking around. Then I remembered the bed alarm was set. The room was totally silent, and when I looked in, I could see her still laying there, exactly where I had left her. She had not moved an inch, and the bed alarm was still armed. That's when I got the most intense, full-body chills of my life. 
The nurse came out of the other room. I gave her my message and then booked it out of there. I was trying to sleep one night in my room back when I was younger and lived with my folks. I must have been about 17 or 18. I opened my eyes while rolling over to get comfortable and I see a black figure just outside my door who I thought was my stepfather. He had his hands up by his chest making the scary finger motions like you might do sarcastically after a scary story or a witch might do when casting a spell just moving fingers wildly in my direction. I should note that this figure had no defined shape. It looked like squiggles that moved in a vague shape, and I chalked it up to the lack of light. I look over and say, What are you doing? Thinking that he was just being really weird and trying to be creepy. In that moment, the person disappeared. They were gone. It was at that moment my heart sank and I became petrified with fear. One of the few moments in my life that I was so scared out of my mind and could not comprehend what I had just seen. Me and some buddies were bored one night and decided to head out and poke around an abandoned mental hospital. The only way in was through the autopsy room the rest of the place was pretty much sealed off. So we get inside, me, another guy, and two girls. As soon as we get into the autopsy room, one of the girls starts hyperventilating and crying. She said she just couldn't be there any longer. We tried everything we could to convince her that everything was going to be fine, to no avail. She wanted to leave, and she wanted to leave now. Disappointed, we started to leave. The two girls were walking in front of us, one trying to comfort the other, while me and the other guy were walking behind. I don't know what brought me to look back, morbid curiosity maybe, but I did. Now, I'll admit that it was dark, but the moon was out, so it wasn't pitch black. Still, I know what I saw. A window on the second floor, what looked like a face staring back at me. I looked for a good ten seconds, stopped my buddy and had him look, without taking my eyes off of it, and asked him specifically, Do you see that? I thought I may have been seeing things, or maybe it was the trick of the light. But no, he saw it too, and we both stood there and stared for a good twenty seconds. I might have thought it was some kind of trick, but after twenty seconds or so, the face moved away from the window, and we ran away passing the girls and screaming at them to get in the car. What were the chances that other people were exploring the same time as us? I don't know. All I know is I know what I saw. There was a person standing in that window, the second story window, in an abandoned mental hospital at two o'clock in the morning. I have memories that are very early, and most of them are scary, but one memory is different. When I was very young, I'm talking between age 2 and 3, I used to see this man who looked just like my dad, 
when he would hold his cheeks to make this goofy face. Only this guy's face was like that without holding it. I recall playing with Legos with my brother in our room, and the guy walking by the window, turning slowly to look in, bulging eyes, and just starts screaming. I would sit on the floor frozen in fear. My brother didn't see these things, and now that I think of it, this man I saw was never directly in front of me. I only saw him through windows. I am pretty sure that I was a child who hallucinated when they were very young. It was in my first year at university, completely new to the city and its surroundings. One evening, my friend and I decided to take a trip to the mall. It was 8 p.m., and we got on a bus that my friend claimed would take us to the mall. We ended up at an empty bus terminal, and it was around 10 o'clock at this time. We waited and waited for another bus to come, and there was no one there but us. A while later, an old man walked by and told us that since it's so late, another bus won't be coming for another hour or so. He told us to turn and walk down the road, and we would find another bus stop where a bus would come sooner. We followed his instructions and entered the single-lane road with tall trees on each side. There were only a few street lamps working, so the area was dimly lit. The road was sort of built on a slant. All we could see was the road and the trees on either side for a long distance. Once we arrived, we waited. My phone battery died, and my friend had forgotten hers in her dorm room. We were starting to think that there wouldn't be any bus coming, and started to panic. Then, as we were waiting, I turned around to see two kids with backpacks walking down the road. I was relieved to see them, and so was my friend. When they were close by, I asked them if they knew about any buses that might come. The kids were about 12 or 13 years old. One was a boy and the other was a girl. Hey, do you know if there are any buses coming? The boy responds. Let me check. He takes his phone out of his pocket and is looking at it for a short time. Meanwhile, my friend started talking to the girl. Where are you guys from? The girl didn't respond. The boy eventually looked up and said that the bus would be here in ten minutes. I turned my head to my friend and she was looking at me and then I turned my head back to thank the boy, and they were gone. The girl and the boy were gone. Nowhere to be seen. I literally probably looked away for one second max. We both looked down the road, turned around and looked up the other way and by the trees. They had a fence around them, but even if they went there, we would have seen them. I literally looked away for a second. Needless to say, both of us were scared as hell until the bus arrived. It was the last bus, and it was around 12.17 a.m. when it finally showed up. I have never believed in paranormal activities, but I can't seem to find a reasonable explanation for this. I was living in an apartment with three roommates at the time. I was working all sorts of weird hours and would stay up late most nights. Our apartment had two hallways that formed a capital L. My room was at the top of the L, 
The bathroom was in the corner of where the lines meet. I left the bathroom one night to go back to my room, and just as I turned the bathroom lights off, there, standing in the hallway, next to the living room, was a teenage girl. She was wearing a white dress, just smiling at me. She didn't look evil, just a normal person standing there smiling at me. I freaked out and went running for my bedroom. About 20 minutes later, I finally came out of my room, turning all of the lights on as I went through the apartment searching for her. She was nowhere to be seen. I lived there for about another year, and I never saw her again. This happened when I was around seven years old, and it was near the holidays. The house I grew up in had a basement. I left my pillow down there one day after watching movies and went to grab it later that evening. I grab the pillow and look up and see a man on the other side of the room, looking around, paying no attention to me. I'm staring, jaw wide open, completely petrified with fright. He looks up at me, notices that I can see him, and then drops his jaw lower than humanly normal, almost as if he was screaming, but no sound was coming out. I then ran up the stairs. I told everyone in the house, and they went down to look, but of course, he was gone. This happened to me when I was a junior in high school. It was December, and it had just started snowing that evening. My best friend and I were in debate class and getting ready for our state qualifiers that were the next day. We were writing our cases and, as usual, at each other's throats over the details. It was a stressful, tense evening. We finally finished our cases at about 3 a.m. Then, we went to my room for the night. Almost as soon as we get into my room, we hear what sounds like the water turning on on the other side of the house. No big deal, probably my parents, I thought. Then, we hear the front door open. I told my friend, I bet my mom woke up and wanted some fresh air. She does that sometimes. I really thought that's what it was, until we heard incredibly heavy footsteps in my living room, headed towards my bedroom. They were not my mother, or anyone else in my family. Then they stopped. My friend and I looked at each other and were both freaked out, just standing, frozen in my room. We moved closer to each other, and the footsteps started again, but this time they were running. We both flipped out, my bedroom door flew open, and we screamed. Nobody was there. We ran to the bathroom that's connected to my room. I closed and locked the door and stood against it. When we finally built up the courage to do it, we sprinted to my parents' room, crying hysterically. We obviously startled my parents awake. They said that neither of them had gotten up. My dad grabbed his gun out of the closet and then looked around the house. There was no sign of anyone. I heard this story from a girl that I met in Korea. One day she was walking home late one night after work. She lived in an apartment where they had an elevator. 
She got in the elevator, and when the door was about to close, a man with a red hoodie entered the elevator. He apologized for scaring her and asked which floor she was heading to. Without making any eye contact, she told him out of fear. As the elevator moved, he asked her if he could use her cell phone, and she declined and isolated herself in the corner. After seconds of silence, the elevator arrived to the floor below the one the girl was heading to, and the door opened. The guy slowly walked out of the door and then turned around facing her. He stared at her without any movement with a blank expression. Slowly the door started to close, and from the small gap right at the last second, she saw him turn and start walking up the stairs, pulling a knife out of his pocket. The elevator started to move up, and she frantically started to smash the closed door button. Unfortunately, the door opened anyway. She looked around, and he was nowhere to be seen. She ran to her apartment, went inside, and locked the door. She never saw the man again. My brother once lived in a flat in downtown Mount Clemens. The Clem was known to be a hot spot for baths back in the Depression era and was booming with activity. Nowadays, it has some run-down parts, and this is where my brother rented his flat. It was a giant, old, raggedy house which was now separated into multiple odd apartments. He always admitted to odd experiences, cupboard doors opening up, things missing, but one peculiar oddity that he was always missing his boxers from his drawer. He admitted that he thought his house was haunted, never anything violent or disturbing, just odd things like his boxer shorts going missing. Later on, he started dating his future ex-wife. She started coming around, and he noticed that the oddities began to increase. New oddities began to occur. His girlfriend would always find her shoes, which were left on a mat inside the apartment, outside the door on the patio in the morning. She would always comment to my brother to stop putting her shoes outside. He knew what was going on, but he didn't want to frighten her. Things started to get worse. He comes home from work and his girlfriend was staying there while he was gone. She claims that the stove burner kept lighting itself. She would walk into the kitchen and it would be lit. She would turn it off and shortly later it would be lit again. Then, one night my brother wakes up in the middle of the night and sees his girlfriend sitting at the edge of the bed. Not just sees, but feels her near his feet, staring at him. He calls out for her to come back to bed. She doesn't respond, so he calls out louder, telling her to come to bed, and asked her what she was doing. His girlfriend then asks what he was doing. He turns and she's sleeping next to him. He turns back, and no one is at the end of the bed. Now, of course he's freaked out, but doesn't want to scare his girlfriend from coming over to his house in the future. A few nights later, they're both sleeping, and he wakes up to his girlfriend screaming. He looks over and she's sleeping but thrashing around, holding onto her neck. He doesn't see anything, so he starts yelling and shaking her to wake up. After a few shakes, she wakes up crying and terrified. She starts telling my brother about how real her dream felt 
that a woman was strangling her, telling her to get out, that she didn't belong there. Her neck had red marks on it, possibly from herself holding her neck, but they believed it to be from something else. My brother then comes clean with her. They decide to do some research and find out that the address that they lived in was an old brothel back in the day. My brother lived in that house for a few more weeks before he could locate a new place. She never came back to stay the night though, and he never experienced anything aggressive while there. Still, it's messed up. I know my brother, and I can tell when he's lying. This was legit, and when he talked about it, you could see the fear in his eyes. A couple years back, my best friend and I went on a road trip to the States for a music festival. We met up with some friends, saw lots of things and whatnot. One of our friends comes back home with us. He needed to get back home for school, and his buddies didn't want to head home yet. We decide to drive straight home in shifts. It took about 24 hours for the full drive. My story starts where I'm driving the night shift at about 2am. It is a beautifully clear night. Full moon, no clouds, middle of summer. While noticing all of these conditions, I also notice that we have followed the GPS onto a back road and driven into a very large valley. Open fields, not another car or house in sight. And it is important to note that we have not seen anyone or anything relating to human presence for a few hours. Upon entering this valley, we lose our satellite signal. We have no satellite radio, no GPS, and no cell signal either. However, I figure it doesn't really matter, as I know that we follow this road for a couple more hours. About 20 minutes after entering this valley, and after losing all of our connections, we come upon a bridge. As we get closer, I see a car pulled out on the side of the road. Not uncommon. People sleep in pullouts when they can. What is uncommon is this car has all of its windows blacked out. With all of the light from the moon, we should be able to see at least partially inside, but it was completely black. Getting closer, we also realize that it has no license plate that we can see. No big deal. We assume that it was just abandoned out here. That is, until we pass this vehicle and almost immediately its lights turn on, and it pulls out behind us on the road. Now this is where it gets creepy. This vehicle starts tailgating us, in the middle of nowhere, and we can't see who is inside. Again, we brush it off. Maybe he is lost, needs to follow someone out of the area, but it doesn't explain the windows being blacked out, or the lack of a license plate. With this car following us, I start to get an uneasy feeling, subtle at first, but growing stronger. Soon I start to feel very panicked, and I want to get away from this vehicle, ASAP. It's important to note that I do not frighten easily. I do not panic. I felt panicked at this time because I felt that my life was in danger. I tried to push these feelings aside as it seems like the silliest response to a possibly explainable situation. That is until I see something in the middle of the road. 
Coming closer, we see what looks to be a body laying in the middle of the lanes. This is not a big road, and like I said, it was also a back road. Still paved, but very small. At this moment, and at the sight of what appears to be a body in the road ahead, we start freaking out. I, in no way, am stopping for any reason in this desolate and isolated area. There are no other vehicles around other than the one following us, and I can see no housing or lights as far as the eye can see. No cell service, no satellite, nothing. By this time we are almost upon it. There is no room to go around as there are no shoulders on the road and deep ditches on the sides. And we are close enough to see now that it is a scarecrow. I drive over it and continue on. This car, small enough to go around it, continues to follow us. I speed up, and then it speeds up. I slow down, and then it slows down, until I punch the gas. After about two minutes of this, the car slows down, does a U-turn, and then drives back the opposite direction. Now my passenger turns to me and says, I swear I saw spikes in that thing. Lucky for us, we were driving a very big truck. The wheel span was bigger than the scarecrow on the road, and we never even touched it. It was another half hour before we reached cell services, and the satellite picked back up. It wasn't until we reached home at 5 a.m. that we remembered, during this time, that there had been a couple of missing people reported in our province. Ones who were on vacation and driving home from the States, who never made it home or were ever found. I and my passengers fully believe that we escaped some crazy Wolf Creek type of situation. We contacted the police about it and ended up making a full police report. However, we were unable to pinpoint the exact location. There wasn't anything they could really do other than file the report. We definitely didn't want this to happen to anyone else, as it was creepy as hell. My best friend once told me a story I'll never forget. He used to play the games on his mom's cell phone when he was a young child, and one night he fell asleep with it in bed. His mom found him sleeping and took the phone back. Later that night, she was looking at the phone pictures and found a picture of this crazy half-face close-up of a stranger and my friend sleeping in the background in his bed. <laughs> 